The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. How's it going? Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio a part of your day. I'm Doug Parker. So happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Celebrity Beyond happening today with Miss Sharon and staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruz News, and we'll jump right to him now. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Two more changes at Norwegian Cruise Line. And I don't think our listeners are going to be particularly thrilled about either one of them. Uh, First comes the news that Norwegian is laying off some of their entertainment staff. Um, As is often the case with things like this, we're actually hearing more from, like, guests and impacted crew members than we are Norwegian directly. For example, we know that Kinky Boots, which was playing on the Norwegian Encore, was shut down earlier this month with a lot of the cast let go in the middle of their contracts. They just kind of got this note saying your services are no longer required. Um, people, Some entertainment crew members who were going to be starting their contracts in February you know, got like this last-minute notice that they would no longer be needed. The real question becomes sort of how deeply these cuts will go and ultimately how it will impact the experience of the guests. Entertainment is something that NCL has always prided itself on, especially on the bigger ships. They've done the Broadway shows like, you know, Six, Kinky Boots, Footloose, things like that. My guess is we'll see them drop more of those because, you know, there are a lot of added expenses associated with this, and we'll see them replace them with the more generic jukebox musicals you see on the smaller NCL ships, as well as on other cruise lines. For example, when I was on the Gem a couple weeks ago, um, they have a show called um, it's, it's called like Blazing Boots or something like that. And it's basically just a country western show with a bunch of country western songs strung together and no real theme. But, you know, when you have a show like Six or Kinky Boots or something like that, you're not only paying to do this Broadway-style production, but you also have to pay, like, licensing fees and things like that, which are much lower when you're doing the jukebox musical kind of thing. So this is something we'll have to see, you know, how it plays out and what the reaction is over the next few months. But it's not just the the stage shows, too, because it looks like they're also getting rid of – it doesn't look like they are. They're getting rid of some of the entertainment staff as well. Like I guess you would call them what, Richard, the cruise director assistants or the – like Carnival calls them the fun squad? That's that's what I'm not completely clear on is whether they mean those type of staff or whether they mean, for example, um, you know, you'll often find a piano player in the mojito bar Mm -hmm. or, you know, will they will they be cutting down on the amounts of entertainment going on around the ship and replacing them with cheaper things like having your fun staff or, or, or cruise director crew doing more trivia and, you know, more things like that that really don't cost them anything because those are people they're already paying for to have on staff 
The other change that people are going to hate is that NCLs become the latest cruise line to bring back the old school muster drill. Yes, that means everybody gathering together in one space and waiting for stragglers and listening to a crew member explain the safety procedures that most of us know by heart. Um, most of the lines put in place the, you know, the much quicker and easier muster drill. You know, some places called it a virtual muster drill. Others called it an e-muster drill. And they did that during COVID to sort of help reduce the, the need for people to be in an enclosed space together. And cruisers loved it. Like, you know, the vast majority of people we spoke to absolutely loved how simple it was you could watch the video on your on your um, personal device while you were checking in or even before you got there and then in most cases with most lines you just went to your assigned muster drill station so that you knew where it was that was the main reason they had you report there and you went on your way and you were done the rest of it was you know was all virtual disney became the first line to go back to the old way of doing it and they said it was partially because of a lack of compliance by passengers so again the few who ruin it for everyone are why we can't have nice things uh norwegian's change went into effect immediately so across their entire fleet if you are getting on a ship today you are going to be doing the actual old school um uh muster drill the big question people have had of course is whether carnival is going to follow suit since they had said earlier they weren't going to and corporate has now said uh, via john heald's facebook page that no they are not going back to that now of course that could change at any time. We hear all the time companies come out and they say something is not going to happen and then circumstances change and they, you know, go back. So if they do decide to change it, don't come to us and blame us. <laughs> but as of now, they are saying that they are not planning to go back to it. Well, this is the issue, Richard. Like I was on celebration um, last month with my buddy Tommy and uh, the ship sailed at 3.30 and at 3.20, Lee, the cruise director, got on board and said that 8% of the people have not completed their drill. Now, 8% of 6,000 is 552 people. So the, the issue is, how do you deal with those people? I mean, it's, it's, it's only it's under 10%, but they're, they're screwing it up for everyone. So are you, are you going to make it uh, like for Carnival? Are you going to just keep your no drink privileges? You can't even go to your stateroom until you actually do the mustard drill? That's probably a good idea, not going to the stateroom until you do the mustard drill. I actually think that is so smart and cutting off drinks because let's face it, you get on the ship and the first thing you do is you go right up to the bar, you know, for most of us, you know, you go to the, the, the atrium bar because you, you know, on most of the carnival ships, you dump right into the atrium. So it's very convenient to just join the party already in progress. And, you know, the way they're doing it now is I think you can get like two drinks. And after that, they're like, nope, you can't use this until you go do the mustard drill. I think that's incredibly smart. Will it solve the problem of, um, you know, of, for everyone of that 8%? Probably not. But let's face it, even before when we were all doing the old-fashioned mustard drill, there were people who did not do it before we set sail. And, you know, you would always hear that there would be a makeup drill on the second day, and those people had to go to that. So, you know, you're going to have this no matter what. But I personally am a very, very big fan of just knocking that out on, on the, with the e-mustard drill and moving on with the party. And there's also a little bit of anxiety that comes along with the old mustard drill, too, because like for me, I have space issues. And I, I think you've seen it before, Richard, too, where people are hitting the deck because you're, you're standing out in the sun and your legs lock up or whatever. And they just kind of pass out during, especially down in South Florida. So this mustard drill is just so amazing. And for people to 
you know, the the very few that are screwing it up for everyone. I wish we could have their names. Well, and not only that, but, you know, as much as, you know, we are trying to get back to life as normal, there really is still a pandemic going on. And, you know, it's for people who don't necessarily want to be shoved into a tiny room like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not an awful thing to continue doing it the old way, you know. So Nassau has admitted something that a lot of us already knew. You know, I am sure there was a time when people were totally stoked to visit Nassau, but for most cruisers, that time has long since passed. Now, a lot of us just consider Nassau a perfectly skippable port. You know, like the last two times I was in Nassau, I just stayed on the ship and took advantage of the fact that at least some people were off and it freed things up. Um, A recent survey done by the cruise line showed that Nassau ranked 19th out of 20 ports. The only one to come in lower, Freeport. And the CEO of Nassau's port is basically acknowledging that the port well, kind of sucks. I mean, he didn't use those words, but it's what it boils down to. His actual quote was, quote, only by God's grace, that being the geography, being our water, being our beautiful beaches, our warm weather and our wonderful smiles, are we getting the volume of tourism traffic that we receive because we fail miserably in our service, close quote. And he's right. You know, like Nassau is just not a port that anybody has any particular desire to go to. Now, he blamed the cruise lines, saying that they basically want to keep the port craptacular, presumably because that means people will stay on the ship and spend more money there. But no, the cruise lines don't want to take you to a, a crappy port. And we've been hearing officials in Nassau talk about the condition there and saying that they need to do better and saying that they need to provide a you know a reason for people to get off the boat. We've been hearing that for years, pretty much since I started cruising. So you know, we're now getting the new port revitalization project, which will open in, or at least is expected to open in May of 2023. We'll have to see if that, you know, changes things, if that makes Nassau a more desirable port. But right now, you know, he can say that, but unless they actually do something to change it, he's just saying what others have said before him. Carnival Corporation is making some big changes to its internet. There are two types of cruise passengers. There's those who want to completely disconnect from the world and those who would rather die than give up their internet, even on vacation. And I am one of those. Um, Honestly, even those who say they want to completely disconnect probably still want to be able to post selfies to Instagram or, you know, they might need to get in touch with their office or the family that they left behind. So Carnival is now becoming the latest line to roll out Starlink across the fleet. Starlink is, you know, basically the best available internet, especially for something where you're going to be at sea because it operates on satellites that are moving and it's, it's, I don't understand science and I'm not really a science person, but it's really good. I've experienced it. Um, We actually have a Starlink hookup at our house because we live in the middle of nowhere and we want to be able to um, access the internet should there be a, a problem locally. And every time we've used it, it's been kind of Incredible. So anyway, um, they are going to be rolling this out across not only the Carnival Cruise Line fleet, but most of the Carnival Cruise Line holding fleet, you know. Um, there's no real answer as to how long this will take or which ships will be done when I'm sure they will at some point release that kind of schedule, but it should help put an end to complaints about crappy internet, which you hear a lot in cruise circles. I mean, I was on Norwegian gem, as I mentioned earlier, a few weeks ago, and I paid extra for the, you know, premium Wi-Fi. I couldn't even check my email. It was so bad. 
And supposedly NCL is also looking at Starlink, um, which would be great. Let's hope that they really are because they could use it. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of reasons for lines to want better internet. For one thing, people posting about their trip on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, that is fantastic advertising that is basically free. You know, you look on Instagram and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. You see your friends on a cruise and you're like, oh, I should look into doing that. So that is one reason they really want to have good internet. But more and more, we're also seeing the lines using their mobile apps for everything from checking in to looking at menus. And as an added bonus, the better the internet is, it also makes it easier for the crew members to keep in touch with their loved ones back home. And, you know, they're out there for long stretches of time uh, away from their kids, away from their families, um, you know, trying to make a better life for their family. It would be nice if we could make it as easy as possible for them to stay in touch while they're making that sacrifice. Another ship floats out and moves to the next stage of construction. This is the fourth ship in Celebrity's Edge class. It's uh, the Celebrity Ascent, and it touched water for the first time Saturday as it was floated out at the shipyard in France that I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of. For those keeping track, she'll be joining the previous ships in the class, which are the, let's see if I can do this, Edge, Apex, and Beyond. So this will be the fourth ship in the Edge class. Next up for Ascent is the interior work, and the clock's ticking because she is set to debut in December of this year. You know, lately we've seen a couple of other lines have problems where they've had to delay their inaugural sailings. Hopefully that won't be the case here, and this will roll out as scheduled. When she does debut, we now know that for the first time ever, a pair of brothers will be sharing the title of captain. Demetrius and Tassos Cafetes, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. You did. Will take, thank you. They will be taking turns at the controls, each doing a three-month rotation. I kind of assume that both will head up the inaugural sailing, if only because that'll be great publicity for celebrity. Um, but after that, they'll take turns. No word yet on which one gets to do the first three-month shift. I'm, if it was me, I'd be like, okay, the older brother clearly gets to go first, you know. But I don't know. That's that's just how I would settle it. One of my first cruises was on Celebrity Solstice. One of my first Celebrity cruises was on Solstice back in 2010. And Captain Dimitri, I was interviewing him, and he's like, dude, do you want to come up and watch us leave Roatan? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we did that, and it was really cool. And then I got a picture with him. Fast forward to 2021. Captain Dimitri was the very first ship um, out of Florida during the restart, which was Celebrity Edge. So I took a picture back in 2010, took a picture with him in 2021. And when I showed him the picture, he was like, oh, my gosh, I've aged so much. It's so funny. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I get the impression that his brother is the same. Celebrity released this really cute video of them announcing who the new captain would be. And it cut back and forth from the two brothers, each saying, I'm the captain. I'm the captain. No, I'm the (laughs) captain. So, you know. I love to see cruise lines have fun with stuff like this. And especially, sometimes we think of the cruise ship captain as being very humorless, you know, Mm because there are a lot of them who are not funny at all. They're very, very serious men. You know, they've got big responsibilities. So it's always fun when you get to see guys like this who are, of course, they take their job seriously, but they also have a sense of humor and, and, and can have fun with it. I love that. Before we hop here, you're up in New York State, and I saw where the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal is using the terminal for, I guess, housing a 1,000 migrants. Have you seen anything on that, or is it impacting cruises? 
It is. Um, it's not used as much as like, you know, most of the cruises leaving out of New York either leave out of the main terminal in um, in Midtown Manhattan. We also um, occasionally sail out, out of uh, Bayonne, New Jersey is considered a New York City port, weirdly. Um, but that port isn't used an awful lot, but it is going to later in the year be home to MSC Meraviglia when, when MSC has a ship sailing out of New York for the first time, you know, on a regular basis. But supposedly they will, you know, either have processed all of those folks or they will move them somewhere else because they are saying that, that the, the terminal will be free by the time Meraviglia comes here in, I think it's May or June that Meraviglia arrives. (laughs) Meraviglia. Is, is that what? how you say it? I thought it was Meravia. <laughs> oh, it probably is. I, you know, you know, I, I fully, if it's not like, you know, something like gem or celebration or, you know, I guarantee you, especially the MSC ships, you know, the newer ones, Seascape, Seaside, things like that. Great. But you get into the other ones and I guarantee you, I'm going to butcher those names. Yeah, I think. Cunard runs out of Brooklyn, and actually, we didn't you and Ashley and myself sail out of there. Remember on Sunrise? I don't think so. We I did. Think I've ever sailed out. I've never sailed out Dude, of Brooklyn. Have I? You were with Ashley and I, weren't you? When we did the, we went to I Portland. Was it with had you the on Sunrise, the clam yes. bellies. That was that was in Brooklyn. Remember, we had to board there, and there was like some marathon running with the firemen that were running. And it was a hot, hot uh, yeah, mess getting there. You're right. We must have taken like a cab from Midtown or something out there because I don't, I don't actually remember that port at all. But I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. we did yeah. because Ash and I stayed at the TWA hotel at JFK, and then we came into the city to meet you at one of the, the, the stations, subway stations or whatever, and then we took a cab to Brooklyn. You know, I have no memory of any of that. Wow. I was probably still so jealous of the fact that you stayed at the TWA hotel because that's <laughs> super cool. Uh, so I just decided to block out everything before we got on the ship. I guess so. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thank you, buddy. Always glad to be here. Breaking news as it happens online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Sharon just returned from a five-night cruise aboard the brand-new Celebrity Beyond and went over to Mexico. Sharon, it's great to hear your voice again. Thank you, Doug. It's great talking to you again, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a minute, so we'll take a step back, as we always do. Let's get some pre-cruise thoughts here. You're up in the Long Island area. What made you want to take this five-nighter on Celebrity Beyond? Yes, I'm in New York. Um, this is the first time I've sailed on about 12 celebrity cruises. This is the first time I'm on the edge class, and to be honest with you, just gorgeous. And also because Captain Kate was uh, was sailing 
this um, this cruise. So, and I met her on her very first year of her very first year of captain, and she was just amazing. And look at her now; she's got her whole fan base on YouTube and on Instagram, and she's been a great inspiration for women. I'm in the navigation field, so there's not many of us. So. She's very much uh, interested and empowering for women in the navigation field. Absolutely. Now, you make your way from New York down to Florida. Any pre-cruise time before the ship sailed? No, actually, I do. I stay in the same hotel, and they have the same shuttle. So nothing but a quick dinner, a bed, and make sure I'm up early. So nothing, nothing really to do in Fort Lauderdale. So you make your way to the cruise terminal to board Celebrity Beyond. How was embarkation in that new terminal? Because it's freaking beautiful. It is freaking beautiful, but it was freaking packed. I have to be telling. It, uh, the ship was at full capacity, so there were 3,400 uh, passengers, which for me, that's, that's the most of any ship I've ever taken. So, um, But I have to say this. They were excellent with moving people from that terminal onto the boat. If you had all your papers in place, you were golden. You just walked right in. So it really went smoothly. And the people are wonderful. The the people that lead you along in their their bright turquoise shirts, they're just wonderful. So it was it was an easy um, uh, time to get to the ship from uh, from arriving. What would you say it took you from curb to the ship? I waited in that atrium probably like uh, half an hour, so like 45 minutes. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't wasn't crazy. You make your way on board Celebrity Beyond. What were your first impressions? Just beautiful. That atrium, I tell you, the grand atrium, you walk in, you've got that huge chandelier. uh, You've got the huge martini bar, which anybody that has sailed on Celebrity, you know what a uh, focal point is that martini bar is and it was just beautiful you have so much seating um going up both sides of the the decks had restaurants they had uh bars there there were all sorts of uh, interesting spots to sit so it was really a nice atrium and the and the color scheme was beautiful very very classy very uh i would say neutral like browns grays very classy that's, that was my first impression. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, I like the little changes they've done from, like, if the, for the folks uh, familiar with Celebrity Edge or Celebrity Apex, that, um, that atrium bar is more of a central focal point now where it was more off to the uh, right-hand side. So that's, that's nice they did that as well. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book on this seven-night cruise, and what did you think of it? Okay, I was, uh, I was traveling solo. So I had a single infinite veranda, and as you know, I think you stayed in one of those before, Doug, where you have the window that mm-hmm. comes down. Yep. I'm not saying that it was horrible, but I'm not saying that it was my jam at all, because yeah. I like, I do like the ocean breeze. I like that, the sound of the ocean, that, that extra, um, I, it just felt a little bit more like I was in a sunroom, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, yep. where... I did have the ocean breeze. I did have the sound of the ocean, but I felt a little bit more confined than I would like to be. Not that I'm saying it's bad. It was it was very spacious, beautiful bathroom, very comfortable. But it may not it may not be my choice. So I think that's 
I tried it. I saw what it's like, but I think I might try something else. Well, next. I'm a big book reader on cruises, and I don't want to have to construct my balcony if I want to go read a book on the balcony, right? You have to put that little those French doors in, then roll the window down and all that. I'd rather just step outside and sit in a chair. Right, and I have to make a confession, Doug. Sometimes when it's really nice, I have slept out on my balcony. Yeah, I'll get one of the balconies on on the solstice class, and mm-hmm. I'll just stretch out. So, yep, guilty, sure. guilty, uh, guilty pleasure. <laughs> Did you take advantage of any of the technology in the cabin, like using the phone to control your lights? Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about the stateroom that you wanted to add? Just quickly, in as far as storage goes. In the, that stateroom, mm-hmm. it was a little bit small. I wouldn't take it for a lo- for a long cruise yeah. in that that single yeah. uh, veranda. For some reason, it was just like two shelves, big spot for the refrigerator, and then two other shelves by the bed. Yeah, and not that much, was yeah. Not much for a woman, space. it's it's tough. It's pushing it. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> so let's talk about the food on Celebrity Beyond, and we'll start up at the top at the Ocean View Cafe, which is also. Gorgeous with the floor-to-ceiling windows over there on the uh, port side. So what do you think of the Ocean View Cafe? I loved it. I really loved it. The quality of the food was great. Um, the design, you could... And there were so many different places to sit, different types of uh, seating, little pockets. Uh, you can be outdoors. But the food itself, I thought was excellent. The one thing I really... I don't eat meat, I'll eat, I'll eat like fish, but no meat. They had in the carving station, they had uh, a section of like roasted vegetables. So if you wanted like a, a cauliflower steak or something like that, it was wonderful. So they were thinking of everybody. And of course, I'm, I'm the Indian food on any, any celebrity ship above and beyond. So, so ate my share of butter chicken. So <laughs> yeah, the food in, the food in the, uh, the buffet was excellent. And they added, the uh, Cafe Albaccio, they added a second in the actual buffet area, and that was really convenient because you can get your espresso, your cappuccino, right as you're having your lunch or your dinner. So it was really nice. Did you have any of that pizza um, in the back there? I did have some pizza, not too much, but mm-hmm. I did that late night uh, munchy pizza. That worked out well. Yep. Did that a couple times. Very nice, very nice. Now, outside of the ocean view, of course, you have the main dining room and other restaurants. So we'll hit the main dining room next. Uh, what time dining did you have, and how was your experience in there throughout the seven nights? Well, I did. Um, it's uh, I did the uh, pick your time, mm-hmm. but honestly, I did not. I only did one of the dining rooms. There are four different dining rooms. I'll go through that. There's Cosmopolitan, which is like American style. There's Cyprus, which is Mediterranean Greek, Tuscan, which is more of your Italian type, and uh, Normandy, which has your French food. I did go to Cyprus because I do like the meze platter, and I do like Mediterranean food. It was crowded. I'll give, I'll give you that. It was crowded, but the food was excellent. So that's the only main dining room I did. It was Christmas time, and my children knew I was going on a cruise, so everybody gave me onboard credit and special specialty dining uh, credits. So I did mostly specialty dining on this on this cruise. When, Sharon, when you're um, traveling solo and you go to Cosmo, Cyprus, wherever you want to go to eat, um, do they seat you with people because you're anytime, or are you basically seating you alone? 
I I actually request to be by myself because okay. I do like to and and on, <laughs> on some occasions nobody nobody approaches me because they think I'm waiting for somebody. So eventually right. <laughs> I'll take somebody flag somebody down just to get my wine. So yeah. So but I have no I have no problem sitting by myself. Yeah, I'm and the same enjoying way. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh what specialty restaurants did you do on the seven night? Okay. First, I went to La Voyage, Voyage from Daniel Belude. Um, it was, it was. If you if you want to dress up and go to a really nice restaurant for dinner, that is the place you go for a special occasion. The food was all seafood, done impeccably well. The wine list is like twenty pages, but they do have a lot of great wines by the glass. I had the premium package, so took advantage of that. Just the ambiance, they had sliding glass doors that when you went into the restaurant, it was completely sealed off. So you had that uh, privacy to have dinner there. And they were really, you know, I was dining by myself, and uh, the the staff was wonderful. You know, they, they stopped by, the sommeliers sat down almost, and we had a long chat. So that was a really nice place to have dinner. Um, I also went to Le Grand Bistro which is another specialty restaurant. They do La Petite Chef there at night, but I went for lunch. It's $30 to um, have lunch there. I did that on my first day, and I recommend that to anybody because the food is outstanding. I'm going to keep repeating food is outstanding throughout this (laughs) entire interview because it was. um, You know, French onion soup, you could have steak frites, the people in there were very nice, and it was not crowded. It was it was pretty, you know, for for your first day aboard, and everybody's running around in the buffet, etc. It was a great place to have a nice lunch. For dinners, I went to the rooftop garden. I had never gone to that. No, it's the grill rooftop grill. So I went there. They used to have on the other ships that you would actually grill for yourself. I had mm-hmm. seen that at one point or another, but this was not not along those lines. It was outdoors. I had some seafood kebabs. There was music because it was evening. Really nice experience to have to have dinner there. And lastly, of course, raw and five. I love my uh, I love me a sushi. So I had um, a few rolls there, and very nice, excellent food. Let's see, did I go anywhere else? Um, I think that might be it. You didn't do the, uh, the anything on the magic carpet or Raw on 5 or anything? Oh, on Raw on 5, I definitely did. Uh, I did a couple rolls there, mm-hmm. and I had some sake there, so that was, that was a nice dinner. Nice. Um, as far as other uh, dining, I did not do the steakhouse. I don't eat meat, so that was kind of... I wouldn't have, that would have been a waste. Yeah. I would have liked to have gone to Normandy, but I just, just ran out of time. Only so many nights, Sharon. <laughs> you know? For me, I could stay on a cruise ship. Actually, when I retire, I do want to do 30 days on a cruise. That, yeah. that is like my dream. So yeah. get your, uh, get, get <laughs> that's your, a long interview, Doug. Yeah, get your, get your fill in there. Why not? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. Uh, what did you think, and what did you think of... Um, Eden, because they have tweaked the programming uh, in Eden um, from Edge to Apex and now beyond. Yes, I um, I do have to preface this with I spent a lot of time in the entertainment world, in bars, etc. It was my first stab at vlogging, 
So my vlog was uh, tasting cocktails all over the ship. I made it through 31 different t- cocktails nice. that I videoed and described and pic- took pictures of. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I trained for it beforehand, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I have that. So I can I can do a, a good good review of bars, but. Uh, as far as entertainment, I, I'm not a big showgirl. I don't like sitting in a show for an hour, but I did go to show Elements that was in the main theater. Beautiful set, beautiful graphics, beautiful costumes, really well done. So that's, I didn't go to the other shows, stage, stage show or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to that one, but I did go to Elements and I enjoyed it. I did stop by the club. They were having 80s night there, so I popped in. There was a good crowd there. People were dancing, uh, but I didn't. I didn't stay. I was like sampling sampling drinks as I was going along, and uh, and I decided to to hit as many of those different venues. And the next I went to was the Sunset Bar, which I know, Doug, that's one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Beyond one is two decks. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, two decks. There's there's a ton of different places to sit and hide, hang out. That bar area is beautiful. It's It's got the tile work. It's it's like um, Moroccan, sort mm-hmm. of. Beautiful tile work. Whoever did the design on this on this ship, they knew what they were doing because it was just beautiful. So I did spend a good time, a good amount of time there. The magic carpet, I had to, to see what everybody was talking about with the magic carpet. Beautiful space. Sit down, look at look at different uh, different views. When we were off the coast of Cozumel, I sat there and just enjoyed the beautiful blue water just from that angle. Um, just just lovely. I, I did not do dinner there. I didn't. Yeah, I did not do the dinner. I know they offered it one night, but I just couldn't get a reservations. Reservations went out really fast. Yeah. On this boat, they did a good job with the design and art on this ship as well. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. I don't even want to get started with the artwork because it blew me away. The artwork on this mm. on this boat. I don't know if you remember. There's a corridor that's all mirrors. That was stunning for me. That was stunning, and I know it had a title, and I I, I wish I'd I'd written it down because everything on that boat is on that ship is art everywhere you look. So. I don't know if your if your your listeners are interested in art and different media art, not just paintings. They they will thoroughly enjoy. Okay, that do we want to talk about the Eden Bar? Yeah, why not? You, you were talking about that um, the little passage there from kind of like on deck. I think it was like five or something where the yeah. um, the the mirrored hallway is. I yeah. was walking through there, wasn't drinking, middle of the day, knocked the hell out of my <laughs> head. If you're not careful, because it's like a fun house almost. There's mirrors and weird lighting and everything. If you're not looking where you're going, you're going to get a bruise. That's awesome. I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm very short, so like if anything's hanging down, I don't, you didn't know where things were oh. in that in that thing. It was just it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about Eden now. How was that? Eden was my favorite area on mm-hmm. this ship, and. And I've heard some some pretty weird things about in the beginning. They had all sorts of performers in there doing very strange things. <laughs> but I didn't see any of that. They must have. And I was there evening. I was there during the day. There was there, I didn't see any of that. But just 
the decor in there, just to the the I guess the two floors with the bar area. There was a pianist in there. Uh, lots of seating. Very, you know, it had a little outdoor cove where you could go and sit. Just a beautiful place. So I did a lot of a, a lot of my filming, and of course sampling of cocktails in Eden. Did you have a chance to dine at that little, it's like a Panera almost, just outside of Eden on the starboard side? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I had uh, avocado toast, and I snuck in, uh, you know, a few a few extra goodies that they had there. They had a really nice menu. Uh, prefacing with the what I said earlier about 3,400 people on this boat, there were quite a few people on this, on this ship. I'm not used to queuing up. Mm-hmm. To having lunch, so that that was the food was excellent, but that was one popular place. So, if you were there at twelve o'clock, you were you were not going to get, uh, you know, your your order anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, the food the food was good that I tried there. I didn't go to the Eden dinner because mm-hmm. it was sold out even before even I got on the cruise. I always check to make my reservations online beforehand to the restaurants I wanted to go to, and that was sold out very early on. So my next my next trip, I'm going to have to try the Eden restaurant. I heard that was outstanding also. Yeah, that's another one that they've tweaked the menu from ship to ship. And they really, I think they nailed it on this one as well. Yeah, it's excellent. Looks excellent. As far as sea days, how was crowds and congestion? Well, I, I, there, this, for celebrity, the demographic is usually, there's like no rock climbing wall or kids clubs or, well, there are the kids clubs, but there's no, you know, slides or anything like that. There was a, 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 a remarkable amount of children on this cruise. I think people were, like I did, you know, it, Vacation had just ended for the holidays, so I just sort of stretched it out and hoped my boss didn't notice I wasn't there yet. <laughs> so I think there were a lot of families that were, were extending their, their holiday time, and there were a lot of children running around. And, of course, beautiful weather. The pool area was just mopped. It was mopped. But if you, if you really wanted to go someplace else, not in the sun, there is the solarium that was open, and that's a... Uh, part of the ship that it's 16 and older, and it's very it's very chill in there. You don't you don't have your typical pool music and all of that. It's it's very calm and serene. So if you don't want to be outside with the crowds, you could go to the solarium and and hang out in there. How about that two story champagne hot tub? You jump in there? Yes, I did. Nice. Yes, I did. It was. I was in and out just to say I had been in it. Um, yeah, no, it was very, it was very nice. I, you have to go like a certain time, like dinner time or whenever. You know, there's only a couple people in there. If you go in prime time, you're, you're, you know, you're going to be right next to somebody. Yeah. But they had, they had that. I did go in the pool for a little while just to cool off because it was, it was hot. Very a good sized pool. Mm-hmm. It was a good sized pool. So, so that, um, that was nice. I didn't make it to the gym. Because I think I went running one day. Oh, the the trek, the outdoor trek on the Beyond is two levels, so you actually get some hill work in if you're going to be running on the trek. So I used I utilized that rather than run on the treadmill. What ports of call did you hit on this five night sailing? Well, to be honest with you, I I was enjoying the ship so much that I've been 
to Cozumel before. I've been to Costa Maya before. And Cozumel, I love going to the Nachi, but this time I just felt with so many people on board and a lot of people were off the ship during the, the time in port, I just wanted to take advantage of that that extra space to wander around. So, yeah, next time next time I go to Cozumel, I definitely want to go to Nachi again because I really love it there. Um but no, I I don't have any <laughs> I don't have any real law, real thing to say about uh, excursions. Well, it was your vacation, so you don't have to. So, what was next? Uh, it was uh, Costa Maya. Okay. Costa Maya is uh, it, it really started out. It's really not a, a island. I think it was more like a created area, but it was it's like a nice, uh, beautiful water. Lots of lots of vendors. Um, just a, a beautiful place. That there's a beach club within walking distance. I've gone there once, but this time around, I just wanted to stay. I wanted to stay on the beyond. I know the weather's been really touch and go here lately, especially in the Caribbean and uh, off the Florida Straits and stuff. Did you have any inclement weather or any uh, at sea rescues? Oh, that's what I was going to say for my highlight at the end. Um, yes, when we when we were out. One of the sea days, you know, beautiful day, music blaring. Uh, suddenly the, the ship slows down. And apparently from the side, port side, Captain Kate and her, her watch noticed small boat, four, four adults, one family, a tiny little boat. And what she did, slow down, she, to, she turned the ship in the direction. They did an at-sea rescue of these four people who had been at sea for 10 days. They ran out of food, and they hadn't been with food for five days. So just the fact that, that the watchman saw them, and she was able to get the boat close, the ship close, and they were rescued. So that was people were very, very happy about that. So, that, yes, that was, that was a highlight. I will call that a highlight. Yeah. Congratulations to her and her team. They did a great job. For sure. Now, you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was Debark for y'all? Debark was great. They have that uh, facial recognition, so you just walk in, walk out um, from ship. I, I am always a little reluctant to leave the ship, so I, I kind of I kind of lag back a little bit, but uh, there was no, there was really no problem getting off. And, and the cruise director and Captain Kate, Say goodbye to each passenger leaving. So I, I've never had that happen before. So that was really nice. So it was it was a nice. It was no problems. No problems. That's getting really off cool. the ship. Yeah. Any first time tips to offer someone who may be looking at Celebrity Beyond? Uh, yes, I think when you do your research, do your homework beforehand. Look at a couple of, of videos and pick the places you want to be. You know, like for me with this vlog, I wanted to be certain. Certain spots I was going to take notes and I was going to take, you know, I was going to do some, some video and, and try some things and describe. So decide what you want to do beforehand. Um, and you're not, you know, maybe if you're on the boat for two weeks, you'll get to everything. But just try to do the, you know, figure out what you want. And also um, go during, during embarkation day, like I said, you don't have to go stay in the buffet. You can stay. At, you can go to one of the specialty restaurants, and also there's the Aqua um, Cafe, which is in the Solarium, which is excellent. I didn't even mention that they have they have great 
they have great lunch type stuff. So you don't have to you don't have to automatically run to the buffet. There's other options for you. And don't forget the artwork. You said the biggest highlight was the rescue for you. So what was the second biggest highlight of this five day cruise? The second is uh, talking to. Since I'm traveling alone, I do like to talk to the staff, and I found a couple of people that really, really made an impression on me because one gentleman, he's a sommelier, and his fiancée is a, is a uh, cook on the boat, and they are going to open a restaurant when their contract is up. So really just talking to the people, getting to know them, getting to know what their family, you, you know, more than just talking to other tourists you talk to people that are actually living on the boat. Yeah, a lot of the conversations will sure humble you. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. And I, I took a, a boat tour, and I got to see where everybody hangs out. It's very, it's very cool. They have their own little you know, underneath all of that, but uh, you know, just checking, checking out where they hang out, where the where the crew mm-hmm. um, does their partying and stuff. A little different below deck than it is where we yeah. are. Yes. Cheaper drinks down there, though. Oh, yes, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> dollar, dollar beers instead of seven. Yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> final thoughts of Celebrity Beyond. Okay, beautiful ship, great food, very classy decor, very, um, it is not, I would say it's more of a dressier boat, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's not stuffy at all, but you're not running around in, in shorts and a t-shirt when you go to main dining room that's you dress up you dress up more definitely so and uh just it was a great experience overall uh like i said i'm going out on the apex in november and i'll definitely go on the beyond again i recommend this this ship and this cruise line to anyone Sharon, where do we where can we find your your YouTube channel? I want to see all these drinks that you were uh you were living it up over the past there were the five night cruise well, we're going to do a lot of editing first because I sound like a goofball in a lot of them. So <laughs> eventually, eventually I'll put it out there. My next interview, if you interview me again, then I'll, I'll be a little bit more slick about all this. If you get it launched before October, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll definitely throw you a plug because and I'll put it in the show notes and stuff because uh, people probably, I'm sure I'm not the only one who wants to see you slosh through 31 drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will certainly uh, consider that. We've been talking with Sharon about her five-night sailing on Celebrity Beyond out of Port Everglades. Sharon, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, my dear. Thank you, Doug. Always a pleasure. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.